Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds or tell stories based off the rule of a 20-sided die. I'm Jordan. And I'm Cody. Yeah, I sort of say that I realize, oh wait, we're not actually building worlds this week. Whoops. <laughs> it's like, hold on. It's, it's a uh, bit different this week. We're doing stories. So, anywho, how are you doing, Cody? I am doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, you're always doing pretty good. You're doing pretty I good. mean... You know, man, have you ever seen Charlie Wilson's War? No. Okay, well, Philip Seymour Hoffman has a bit about, you know, things being bad and good at the same time, but never mind, don't worry about it. Everyone, watch Charlie Wilson's War, it's a great movie. I mean, I like Philip Seymour Hoffman, so I can check it he, out. The, the first scene he's in, like, when we get done with this, Jordan, we're going to watch the scene together, because it's just, oh, oh, it's one of those scenes that you want to do as an actor. Oh, no. Uh Anyways, what have you... Well, also, you never asked me how I'm doing, so I'll wait for that. Um, okay, yeah. Jordan, how are you doing? We haven't been talking for, like, ten minutes. We actually have only been talking for five. And, <laughs> just so you know, because you <laughs> called me five minutes ago. Um, but I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I just got back from a trip. I, like, just got home at six. Actually, 6.30, so... No one, no one knows what time it is now, so I guess it didn't matter me saying that. I mean, that's true. So, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I, I, I realized after be... I said it, it's like, oh yeah, no one really knows what time it is anyway. <laughs> but I got back two hours ago, and now I'm ready to go. Actually, hour and a half. Ready to go. Anyhow, what have you been enjoying recently? Well, um, okay, let me think. So, last night I saw the Lego movie. How was it? Yeah. It was good. I don't think it was as good as the first one, but it's hard to be, you know? it's Well, you, you can never, like, it's very hard to top the first thing because the first thing, it's new, it's yeah. fresh, it just wows you. And then you go into the second thing and it's just like, you don't have that surprise all factor that you do when you do the first one. They had to be really open about the gimmick. They couldn't, like, Yeah, that's what I heard like is you that they started know. out with the gimmick. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, but it was, it was still pretty decent and I thought that the message was okay, but had been done similarly and better maybe in some other places, but it was still fun. I enjoyed it. I had a good time. Wasn't it like play nicely with others is the message? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's about not being coming cynical in your adolescent years, which is (laughs) okay. Um, I've also (laughs) seen Inside Out. Uh, Inside Out was fantastic. I wept. Yeah. It was. I did a cry. Inside Out's I very wept. Good. <laughs> oh my gosh, um, that no, movie destroyed me. <laughs> this was cool. Um, Mandy's parents, or I guess her dad, really, is a are huge uh, Star Trek. Oh yeah, fans. I saw the pictures. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went to the Children's Museum in Indianapolis, and there is an exhibit. It's a traveling exhibit, so it's only here through like April, I think. Okay. Of. Um, like Star Trek props and memorabilia. And it's one of like the biggest single collections. It's like a really big thing, you know, and I didn't know anything about it, but I went there and it was incredible. The stuff that they had, like, yeah, the they had really original cool. costumes that like oh Kirk gosh. and Sulu and bones and Uhura where they had the original command console from the original oh enterprise. That's a they had, uh, original models that were used for like deep space, like the the space station Deep Space Nine. They had the prop of that. that they is had really, the prop really cool. of like the huge model that was used in filming for Starship 
uh, Star Trek Next Generation. They had um, the Klingon and the Romulan ships. They had both of those. Um, And then they just had tons of props, like phasers, tricorders, all of the different guns and, you know, communicators and scanners that people use. They had cons, um, original... Well, Khan from the movie, his yeah. um, costume, they had that. Um, so it was, it was pretty incredible, like, the amount of stuff that they had. That's pretty awesome. That's kind of like when I went to the Harry Potter studios in London. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's that's really cool. I love seeing that kind of stuff because I love movies and TV so much. And actually, like, seeing all the props up close and personal, it's such a mind-blowing experience. Well, and it's cool because... You know, you don't think about it, but all of the props up close look terrible. Like, <laughs> because, you know, if you think that this, it's a prop, it's like prop people having to make these and they have to make a ton of them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. there's not just one phaser. They had to make so many of these. So they had to be able to make them fast and make yeah, them out of anything, that. you know? So when you get up close and look at, you know, a tricorder, it's made out of, like off the shelf parts that they then assemble into this thing that looks like a like something from the future or um the giant models you know of ships and stuff you know at a distance and on a fuzzy screen it looks pretty good and then when you get up close to it it's like you can see brush strokes you can see where they're just kind of like yeah paint this part gold that's piping now you know <laughs> um so it's it's interesting to see really up close the fine details that aren't there because they have to work so quickly yeah but yeah, yeah. it makes sense because like i think part of prop making is knowing what's going to get lost well, and, and what doesn't matter because you have to work quick and it's a lot different from a TV show to movie because, like, you're pumping out so many episodes of a TV show. Oh, yeah. In a yeah. movie, like, oh, you have a lot more time to work on that. And the, the control, like, the original control consoles from Star Trek were so hokey. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's stuff where it's, like, a sheet of, like, uh, uh what's it called? Like, construction paper with, like, <laughs> holes cut out in it. It's, like... This is our computer readout, and it's just like paper with like that's, computer written on it. That's you know? really fun. One that I would love to see the like up close props for is Alien. That one would be awesome to see. Oh like the, yeah, the original that would be Alien. interesting too, because so much of that was in the dark. In dark, you know, yeah, it'd be seeing what, to it, see looks what like it looks like up close. It's all like gray and stuff. I'm pretty sure, like all of it's gray. <laughs> There's no color in Alien, <laughs> but anywho. So that that's yeah. cool. Any even up to anything else or? Um, I mean that's probably been the main thing. Uh, I was I've been like kind of listening to more music lately and some pod. Oh, oh, I was gonna say this. I have a podcast suggestion what? for this new podcast I started listening to. It's called World Shop. I listened to the first episode ever of World Shop. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you actually like the first episode, or are you just saying that because we're oh, both on it? I'm sorry, no, it was it was like episode 15, but it's the first time I've sat down and listened to our podcast. Yeah, this yeah, yeah. Good. Did you actually like listening to? It? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, because I mean, I listen back, back to him, and like, there's times that I forget that I'm editing my own podcast. It's like, oh, I get into a groove, but it's like, oh wow, I have to go back and like take out some stuff. Yeah, um, I mean, and you can make fun of me for this. This was when I went back and listened to uh, the episode about 
what's it called? That world that I was going to do. Shoot, what's it called? Space Odyssey World? Starboard? Yeah, Space Odyssey Worlds. I was going to do that, and then you told me that you already wrote a story in that world, so I should also And did an episode that. with that story in that world. Yeah, that, that that's what I mean. So. Part of. You were part of that. But yeah, now it... it it's a good podcast, so everybody should check out World Shop. Um, we're going to have a Twitter soon. Blech. But we're going to have one of those. And um, yeah, and we have a bunch of um, upcoming stuff that's going to be really cool. We're going to be doing a um, collaboration episode with the show Rumor Flies. And that will probably come out before this episode comes out. So go back and listen to that. Will it? I don't know. I don't know. If we'll talk about it off air. So... Um, what I've been enjoying, um, I just finished part four of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Um, Diamond is Unbreakable. It was amazing. I loved every part about it. It was a, like, it's this crazy anime, but they did a small town murder mystery with it, with these guys having these crazy, like, psychic powers in a small town murder mystery. And then the whole twist at the end of, like, they pretty much. In the last two seasons, they've had to figure out what the main bad guy's power is and finding out what his power is, like this whole special thing and how to stop it was really cool to watch. And it's a show where it's like, if you think hard enough, you can get out of any problem. And it's just like, it's so cool. And I just enjoyed every second of Diamond is Unbreakable. If anybody wants to start watching JoJo's, I would say... You can watch Diamond is Unbreakable without watching the other stuff. There's going to be a couple things you can fill in the gaps with, but it it was just so spot on perfect to me. I enjoyed every second of that. Um, but yeah, so like the first two seasons are about giant muscly men fighting, and then like you go into Diamond is is Unbreakable, and it's more about like high fashion for the character designs and stuff. So look up some of the like just type in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Diamond is Unbreakable like he the artist he did a collaboration a long time ago with um Gucci using his characters like a design so all of them basically are wearing designer clothes Gucci type stuff and it's just crazy <laughs> it's just it's just a really cool fun anime just to get into it's colorful the art style's really really awesome and I just enjoyed the heck out of it. I'm sad that I'm all caught up with the like publicly released episodes. <sighs> and soon I will have to get a cruncher roll if I want to keep watching it. So. Oh, I just forgot something. I finished Steven Universe. That's the big thing. Ah, um, how was it? It was great. If you're done watching things, Jordan, watch Steven Universe. I just started. I was about to tell you about how I just started another thing. So I'm not done watching things. <sighs> Jordan... Jordan, watch Steven Universe. Um, Netflix just released the Umbrella Academy, which is um, the comic done by Gerard Way, the lead singer from My Chemical Romance, and they released a live-action show based on that, and it is Jordan. so good. I watched it Jordan. on all of my flights. I am seven episodes Jordan. in. What? Jordan. What? Do you like My Chemical Romance? Yes, Cody. We've talked about do this you, before. Do you like My Chemical Romance? Yeah. I like Jordan. We can't be friends anymore. Dude, they're great. You can't. I like Gerard Way. Just walk in. Um. Okay. You saw Spider Verse. You know the Penny Parker character and the robot. Like the first comic that was done for that character was um drawn by Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance. He's great. He's an amazing I mean, artist. I, and the music. She fine. was not my favorite part of this movie. The music's but... fine. <laughs> Jordan, you can't just walk in here and just be like, oh, I like my chemical romance and think that's just like a thing you can say. Yes, it is. 
dude, they're fine. I like my chemical romance. They're great. Uh huh. I'm disappointed in you. Disappointed in you forever. Do whatever. But umbra- <laughs> check out Umbrella Academy. It's like the. I actually wanted to though. I, I did want to check out Umbrella. Dude, Company. it is really really good so far. I'm seven episodes in already because I had a lot a lot of flights and layovers, so I got to burnt through it pretty fast. But yeah, um, basically, superhero team is now defunct, and they also have to stop the end of the world from happening in seven days. So, quick synopsis Sounds for fun. anybody who wants to check it out. It's again, this episode will be a lot later than with the premiere of Umbrella Academy was. So. Not really. Well, yeah, either. but whatever. But yeah, no, it's great. Check it out. It is so good. Cody, please watch it. <laughs> but then I always recommend <laughs> stuff to you. And you always end up hating it other than Spider-Verse. So it's fine. That is not true. Black Panther. I didn't love Black Panther. You hated Black Panther. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate Black Panther. You also didn't I just really didn't like think... the second season of Castlevania. Now, that one, I will say, had some weak moments. Yeah, yeah you, um, well, there was also another thing. That was similar to Black Panther, all right? I thought both of those things got more praise than they deserved. Spider-Verse didn't. Spider-Verse was great. Yeah. Also, you need to watch, um, what's the, gosh, why would I say this before knowing what it's called? The zombie, I don't know. the Nazi zombie movie that just came out. Oh, Overlord. You need to watch Overlord. Really? Yeah, it was great. Oh, I I just didn't think it, well, I mean, I was, I'm surprised. I I, didn't, I, I like, kind of saw something about it and thought it looked dumb. Again, don't go into it expecting like an Oscar-winning movie because it's not. It's just well, no, just but I mean, fun, if it's fun, like, it's fun. Gory zombie battle. I enjoyed it. Well, hey, that's that's sometimes what I'm looking for. I like fun gory zombie battles. Okay, Cody. So we're gonna go into the show because I'm all done with my stuff. Do you? Uh, yeah. As uh, usual, I need dice. Do you remember what last episode was? I'll give you a hint. Caitlin was there. Oh, okay. So then, yeah. Last episode in air quotes. Yeah, that was the teen dystopia, the net next hit team dystopian thing. You act like there was some sort of weird time paradox with these episodes that would mean that no. teen dystopian wasn't the last episode. Why would I act like that? I, I don't know. You're just being weird about it. No air quotes. The last episode was the next hit teen dystopian drama. Um, Cody, you did the Badlands Ballet. Yes. I forget the title of Caitlin's, but hers was pretty much like Waterworld, and you have to um, be self-sufficient to, to survive. Can't speak. And Cody, what did I do? Uh, you did the thing where there was like, uh, oh, what was it called? It had some... It had like a pun name, you know. It was like oh, it was Armony, the was brain the name. hive, and it was the cluster. Huh? It was the cluster of Armony. The cluster, the cluster of Armony, not Harmony. Yes, specifically um, no H. So it was like the cluster was eating their kids, and then there were people that lived out in the wasteland, that- and they wanted to come and save the kids that were eating by the cluster. You know what? That's what the cluster was. Is when you're old, they bring you into the cluster and they suck your brain out and put it into a jar, and you become like a tentacle monster that sucks the life out okay, of children. Cody, and Cody, so then stop. there were these stop. people in stop the talking. wasteland that Cody. were gonna Cody. come and kill the tentacle monster Cody. called the Cluster we're of done. Harmony. The we're reason, done. Jordan, Cody. I need to tell you why it was called Harmony. It's because it had so many arms, Cody. You're an idiot. I hate you. 
I was gonna say close enough, and you started doing tentacle monsters, and then I saw where you were going with it, and that's why I tried to shut it down. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm kidding. That was that was a joke. No, I mean it was kind of that. It was basically sort of. that, it's except like for no the... tentacle monsters and no brain sucking. You idiot. Yeah, but I just decided you, to get you to, to have fun with it, Jordan. Moron. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you complete dolt. <laughs> oh, uh, Cody. So this week, uh, well, last week we rolled to do a story in each other's worlds. And, you know, Cody, yes. he's been talking about how busy he's been at work and how he, like, you know, doesn't have much time to write stuff. And we've actually rescheduled this episode multiple times. So me, wanting to make life easy for Cody, wrote up a summary of all 40-ish of my worlds and sent it over to Cody. Except for the one world that I had already wrote, written a story for, I told him, hey, Cody, you probably shouldn't do this. I forget what my actual wording was. I threw some swear words in there. And then, guess what? Yesterday, after three weeks of not doing an episode, Cody finally texts me and goes, hey, who who are the Sunshine Pirates? And I listed it. I'm like, but why are you doing this? Because I already did this world. And he's like, oh, oh, crap. I didn't know that. Like, how? How do you... St- I've tried to make life easy for you, and you still messed it up. And I'm sitting here... I was sitting here just laughing to myself. I was like, come on, man. I, like, went out of my way to make this as easy as possible. Every time we texted, I'd say, hey, let me know if you need my notes. I'll send you my notes. And nothing. Mind you, Cody did not even try to give me a summary of any of his worlds or try to, like do anything for me just this is a one-man show and it hurts cody you did not ask me for one yeah because i remember everything because i listen when you talk unlike you do with me when you clearly didn't know that i already did a story in that world you walked i did walk right into that it's not that i don't listen right into that one (laughs) it's that i do not remember a lot of things that i say and do i forget a ton of stuff i'm just i'm enjoying this i'm having a good time with this just because it's like i tried I enjoy the world that I came up with, so I'm okay. okay. I think it's it's fun I, and a little bit silly and a little oh, bit. Oh, my you know. world is serious, and I like what I did because you gave me the perfect world to work with. And actually, there was a couple of years I was debating on doing a couple of them. We'll talk to about that after we roll for initiative, Cody. Which you know. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been like fiddling with my dice, but I don't think any of those no, count as my initiative. Only when you say it. Ooh, that's not good. Okay, here's the question. You have to, off the no, table, does that again. count? If it's cocked or off the table, you have to okay. roll. Well, I rolled a three. How, did I, how do I always beat you with low numbers? I rolled an eight. Uh, I rolled a five on the floor, oh, okay, too, so, so you were, you were, you're going oh first. Gosh. Yeah, you really oh, did. Jeez, Cody. You need to get, like, we've talked about this before. I always go first. You need to get better die. Or you will die. <laughs> that was that was a bad joke um anyways so the world i decided to do i should i just go and say it or should i just tell the story oh let's do the story and then we'll say what world we did but it surprisingly wasn't the breath because i didn't want to tarnish such a beautiful and perfect world and also it's really hard to like well i'm i'm glad you think that but you could definitely but i wanted to but then like the stories i came with were just too expansive and i'm like i need to like just do something a little bit close and personal. And then I was like in the mood to do horror stuff. Oh, oh not spoiling. Anyways. 
Okay, first as always, my world is called The Night Beast. Part 1, Miss Mackey. I live in a small town that is all about following the rules. All good children must listen to their parents, do their chores without question, speak clearly and respectfully, keep a clean image, and follow the laws laid out by the elders. Those who don't obey are punished, and the worst of the worst are taken by the eldritch monsters. Always tuck in your shirt or the boogeyman will grab you. Eat your vegetables or a vampire will come knocking at your door. Play nicely with others or Mr. Bag and Bones will take you to his castle and eat you. The most important rule of all is never to wander off into the forest. The adults have to travel through the forest to go to other towns, but they always drive their motor coaches and carry rifles to protect themselves. No child can enter the forest as the adults forewarn that they will be eaten. If a child sneaks into the forest and is caught, they will be severely punished. Some children have disappeared, but the others say that they have run away to better lives. The adults all say that the creatures swirling the skies are eldritch beings that can destroy a town in just moments. But I believe that these are just animals, just like the pig or the cow. There is nothing special about the creatures in the sky. I believe that these are all stories that are made up by the adults to keep us in check. Fear is a strong motivator to do the right thing. If you are always afraid, then we will always obey. Personally, I fear a paddle more than I do a werewolf bite. I have never seen a wolfman or the vampires or other monsters that the adults and even my teachers warn us about. In fact, no one in my class or even my age has. Sometimes, I think that all of the adults are lying. I attend the school at the top of the hill where I am a part of Miss Mackey's class. To me, she is the kindest of the teachers. She has a radiant light about her and an air that always gathers attention from the students. Unlike the other teachers, she does not raise her voice or yell. When she has to scald a student, it is always quiet and personal. She reminds them to behave because the eldritch beings are always watching, ready to take away those who are bad. I trust her more than I trust my own family. If anyone was going to tell the truth about the monsters, it would be her. After class one day, I hung back and waited for everyone to head home. When everyone but Miss Mackey left, I approached her desk. Danny, shouldn't you be on your way home? Your mother will worry about you if you are late, she asked in a sweet voice that was like music, unlike my own voice. Um, actually, I wanted to ask you a question, I said back nervously. Concern crossed her dim, blue-gray eyes, and she hesitated for a moment before asking, Yes, Danny? What is it? Are the monsters real? Danny, you know full well that the monsters are real. You see them every day in the sky, she said almost harshly. But teacher, those are just animals, like the octopus and the squid. Nothing more, nothing less. You said that our ancestors used to think the sun was a god before they studied it. Isn't this the same thing? Danny, I assure you that the monsters are real. You have to trust me on this. Luckily, you have always been good, as have your parents and your neighbors, so you never had to worry about monsters. But believe me, Danny, the monsters are real. Very, very real. She said sternly, but the sweetness had begun to return to her voice. I thought for a second, then quietly asked, Miss Mackey, have you ever seen one of the monsters? The color left her face, and there was a great sadness behind her dim eyes. She took a deep breath and readjusted her glasses nervously. Danny, 
Would you take a seat? I have a story to tell you. You must keep this between me and you. None of the other children can know what I'm about to say. It will only scare them, she said barely above a whisper. I took a seat at a desk across from her. She looked more frail than she did before. Her long blonde hair looked frayed and her skin was now like porcelain. It all happened when I was 12 years old. End of part one. I am really glad you picked this one. Yeah, so actually. this is Cody's, um, his not the apex predator world where there was the monsters in the sky and then the eldritch beings lurking on earth to punish, well, to what the adults said, punish the naughty children. So we'll see where the story goes yeah. from there. Um, yeah. Other than that, you are the loudest listener I have ever heard. <laughs> what do you mean? It was very distracting. I just hear type in, just <sighs> breathing and all this other stuff. I was like, dude, I can barely focus on, like, dude. Sorry. <laughs> it's fine, man. You're good. So I'm excited. Sorry, I, don't even, I, I don't know what world you're doing. I have no clue. <laughs> I, uh, my notes are, like, kind of in my phone. Oh, so I'm having why. to, like, move them around. <laughs> okay. Because no. I was typing this. I was I had family around this weekend, so I've been like typing the world on my phone, <laughs> and I'm talking to you on my phone, so it's kind of awkward. Anyways, it's fine. Hey, you have three um, parts, right? Because we limited stories to three parts, is what you said last time. Oh shoot! You don't even listen to well, yourself. Well, I have, <laughs> I have four. I'll just do two of them together. Okay. I should have I should have um, reminded you before this, but you know I thought you would listen to your own suggestion of doing. You said no, no, no. Four parts it, is too much. We should do three. Is what you said. <laughs> um, no, that's that's fine. I'll just do it in. I'll just do it in three parts. It's not a big deal. It, you can. This do is called. This is called the myth of ruthless Ruby and Bry. The myth of ruthless Ruby Some, and who? What was the second part? Bry, B R Y. Bry. Okay. Some say she can stare down an elder werebore. Others say she can ride into battle wearing only a chainmail bikini and still take dire axe blows without flinching. Some say she can outdrink a bodiless lich. The scene opens on a much different figure. There's a lone woman riding a dark horse. Her red saddle matches her hair and her cloak, faded and worn from years on the trail of treasure and fame. It is quiet. Snow falls thick and deafens every noise. The land sleeps. Ruby has spent days riding silently, riding and camping silently, and waiting. She's on the trail of glory, but danger is ever hand in hand. There is no other magic than experience that halts Ruby on her horse, and she stiffens. The world is silent. Then there is the roar of a beast as it flies towards her. Ruby is now totally still. To an observer, we would assume she is certainly dead. At the last moment... Ruby barely rolls her shoulder, putting the shield putting the shield on her back in the way of the attack, letting the beast push her from her horse. Um, she falls and rolls and regains her footing, holding her shield high, a short sword in her other hand, red hair flying in the wind. The battle is short. Long battles are dangerous, and Ruby knows victory is determined in seconds. Moments later, the beast is dead, and Ruby has a new scar to show off to her admirers. Scars make good stories, she thinks, as she digs for gold hoarded by the beast, but too many can kill you. This is technically the second section, okay, but it's, going. you know, yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing two of them at once. I really enjoy it this. Makes keep sense. going. Cause I have no, I actually don't know what world you're doing. I will say tentatively, if you want to say Cody, this is a yellow card. It's Uh-oh. not exactly. Okay. Well, when you finish your second part, 
Tell me what world it is. Bry sits in his shop bored. Boring is what defines Bry's life. He's waiting for heroes to return. Is this video game world? Yes. Okay. There we go. That, that's fine. Their lives their lives are interesting. I mostly sell I mostly I just sell arrows. Mostly arrows, some potions, some swords, then more arrows, and occasionally shields. Really, I spend most of my time getting things that people need. Need a horse? I find a horse, then I sell you a horse. Yes. But here's the trick. Have you ever tried to haggle with a nine-foot muscle-bound maniac <laughs> selling the dripping head of a dragon? How did he even get the head of a dragon? Anyways, in more exciting news, I've started brewing my own potions, which could mean I make about 15% more per potion, which might mean I could get enough money to replace the floors or build a new wing or maybe a beer hall. Our view pans down to an illuminated text. This is not being dickish. Do you know what an illuminated text is? And should I explain it just in case someone listening doesn't? I think you should explain just in case someone listening doesn't know, but I'm... If you've ever read like old um like sagas and stuff, they'll it's like a regular book, but there are occasionally large pictures. So it's kind of like a comic book, but way before there were so comic books. Illustrated like um, a picture book. Kind of, but there's all the text. So you'll see the phrase like, the like old, an illuminated like chap- Bible. Like the old chapter like kids' chapter books where they would have like a picture on one page. Yeah, okay. yeah. That's what I thought they're it also was, very but I, popular. I picture, like. They're very popular biblically, where like every yes. once in a while there'll be like a painting mm. mixed into biblical stories. Anyways, so he's reading an illuminated text. Um, sorry, called "Ruthless Ruby: The Bravest and Most Beautiful Adventurer in the Land." The pictures in the book are of a buxom woman swinging a sword and flashing sultry, uh, flashing sultry smiles. The bell rings. A woman enters. She's covered in snow, bloody. She's covered in snow, blood, and her hair is a mess. She shuffle. She shuffles up to the counter and drops a. She shuffles up to the counter and drops a. I don't know. Dripping sack. Ew. On the counter. That's. Sorry. Let me redo that on, sentence because it's written off. Pull yourself together. She shuffles up and drops a sack on the counter, and that's the end of my second section. Okay, so this is a video game. I apologize game for that weird. That's. I wouldn't. It is video game. Currently, world. I wouldn't call it a yellow card yellow flag whatever because it like you had the whole thing about the shop and i left it decently ambiguous with the video like the adventuring part so i, th- I think you're good i just had no clue what you were talking about it's like where when did i have werebores and like war like is this magic world like I but yeah no it was between magic world and world within a world was where i was thinking it was but no you're good yeah, I actually thought about doing Magic World, but yeah, yeah. I I uh, I liked when I was reading through like the list. I was like, oh, you know, writing a story from the perspective of a lame shopkeeper is kind of fun. Yeah. And so then I kind of just I extrapolated a lot from there, which is why I said it could be potentially yeah, a yellow, I, I word, think but you're a yellow card. But anyways, it's these worlds are especially I like doing this because it's good to see like what the perspective is because these worlds are pretty much blank canvas. Well, not blank. They're just pre-made canvases so you can write a story in and i really like this whole experiment i am excited for when we do more stories because i like doing stories out of our worlds but yeah 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 no i i I, I enjoy doing this you'll see later i really had fun writing this 
especially because I got I got a chance to write a horror story and when, how many yeah. times do I get to do that? This is part two, Rebellious Youth. Rebecca Mackey sat on the big rock overlooking the town. Her clothes were dirty and torn as she had been roughhousing with the farm boys and their dogs. She sat there humming a sweet tune, waiting for her two best friends, Tim and Lisa, to come. They were all going to study for the spelling bee that was in a few days. As Tim and Lisa approached, Rebecca jumped down from the rock to greet them, her bright blue eyes shining like stars. You're early, like always. Can't you be late for just once in your life, Tim? said Rebecca jokingly. And you're a mess, said Tim. Tim and Lisa, like all the other children, were clean and well put together. Tim wore dress slacks and a spotless white button-up shirt with a striped tie. Lisa was wearing a blue sundress. They both looked like they came hot off the ironing board. Yeah, Rebecca, you look like you've been rolling around in dirt all day, said Lisa concerned. That's because I have been, Rebecca snapped back with a big smile. Ugh, Tim grunted. You need to get cleaned up or, or what? Or you'll get in trouble with your parents, Tim said sternly. And? My parents aren't going to do crap, said Rebecca. <gasps> Tim and Lisa gasped. Keep your voice down, Tim said in a hushed voice. If anyone or anything hears you talking like this, you'll... I'll what? Be prey to the monsters, Rebecca said, motioning air quotes. Yes, aren't you afraid of the elderish beings like Mr. Bag and Bones, said Tim cautiously. They aren't real. What do you mean, said Lisa, her eyes growing wide. Of course they're real. They are there to punish naughty kids. And the way you've been going, you might be on their list. They aren't real, Rebecca asserted. Yes, they are, Tim asserted right back. Have you ever seen a monster, said Rebecca harshly. Well, that's right. No, you haven't. The monsters are just made up by the adults so we don't act up. That story about Mr. Bag and Bones is fake. They just want everyone to be a perfect angel. All it does is suck the fun out of everything. But Rebecca, be reasonable. Other kids like us have disappeared, said Lisa. You mean they've run away, probably to get away from this boring and strict town? You can't truly think that, said Tim. I do. And think about it. The elders do the punishing, not monsters. If monsters have been eating children, don't you think we would have seen them? Don't you think they would have come into town to grab the bad boys and girls? Said Rebecca, raising her voice a little. She was trying to, trying her best to convince her friends of the truth, but it didn't seem to be going anywhere. Well, that's because everyone is on their best behavior now. The monsters just roam the forest and probably eat each other. People don't try to be bad, and thus the monsters don't have a reason to come in and take the children away. Like the Bag and Bones story. That boy was very bad. The whole town knew it, so Mr. Bag of Bones came, and came to eat him, said Tim. Well, I will tell you. I have been doing a little experiment. Rebecca emptied her pockets. All sorts of trinkets, jewels, and coins fell out. What is all of that? Lisa exclaimed. These are all trinkets that I have stolen from houses all around town. See? I have all of this and no monsters, said Rebecca, proud of herself. You stole all of this? said Tim, disgusted. Yeah, and nothing happened. Well, maybe the monsters are on their way. Maybe it hasn't been long enough. I knew you would say that. I've been doing this for two years, and I have even more stuff under my bed, said Rebecca, sticking out her tongue. Two years? Tim and Lisa exclaimed. I don't want to believe this, but you might be onto something. 
If the monsters haven't come yet, maybe they aren't real, said Lisa, sifting through the trinkets Rebecca stole. Don't tell me you're falling for this, Lisa. Well, think about it, Tim. She has been doing this for two years and nothing bad has happened. Plus, she isn't necessarily a good kid either. I mean, look at her clothes. That doesn't mean anything, said Tim. Look at the sky. Those are monsters right there. There are stories about how they eat whole cities. Those are just animals, like a squid or an octopus. We just don't understand them. That doesn't make them monsters, said Rebecca. Well, what about the cult of the Deep Ones, said Tim, trying to knock some sense into both Rebecca and Lisa. Those crazy old loons? They have no clue what they're talking about. They just like to tell creepy stories, Rebecca shot back. Now you're just making stuff up, said Tim. What, the trinkets aren't proof enough for you? Fine, I have one more way to prove it all to you. We are going to go to the source of it all. If you are brave enough, meet me here tomorrow night and we will venture into the Forbidden Forest, as the adults call it, said Rebecca with a smug look on her face. You have got to be kidding me, Tim sighed. Aw, are you too much of a freaking little chicken, Rebecca chided. Don't use that language. Freaking, 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 <laughs> Rebecca chanted. Ugh, stop it. Come on. Are you guys in or are you out? The worst that can happen is that we see a monster. Then we will just run back here and everything will be fine. Come on. If we see one, then you are right and I am wrong. Don't you want to be right? Fine. I am in if you just be quiet and get your books out so we can study said Tim angrily. Yes, cheered Rebecca. What about you, Lisa? Yeah, it'll be a fun adventure. Just the three of us. I will bring snacks. Cool, then we will meet here tomorrow at 10 p.m. Make sure your parents don't catch you. If they do, we could get in real trouble. Just sneak out the back or something. I, I can't wait, said Rebecca, beaming. Her bright blue eyes were almost glowing. Okay, let's just start this already. Lisa, your word is annoying. As in, Rebecca is annoying. End of part two. I I, I like this. I, I like what you're doing. It feels fable-esque. I you know what really, I mean? I really, really worked hard on this. Like, I was really excited about doing this episode. And I'm, I'm just... Yeah, no, I think it, it's cute. I like the way the little kids interact because it's very little kitty. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it doesn't stay cute. <laughs> I said it doesn't huh? stay cute. Oh, well, now I'm sad. Anyways. Dude, I, I, like, <laughs> you gave me such a good world to work with, and I'm just really happy to be doing this episode with you. Well, I'm glad you're having fun, because I am. I'm really yeah, enjoying dude. it. This, this is a good podcast. Everybody, check out the podcast World Shop. It's really fun. <laughs> Everyone listening to the podcast Actually, World Shop, you, know you should be listening to the podcast Tell World Shop. Tell a friend about the podcast. If you like the podcast, don't just keep it to yourself. Tell a friend, at least one friend. Tell one friend this week. That's your homework. Tell one friend. Cody, you too. Last time on the true stories of Ruthless Ruby. The bell rings and a woman enters covered in snow, blood, with messy hair. She shuffles up to the counter and drops... She shuffles up and drops a sack on the counter. Gosh, that sentence is written awkwardly. What will you pay for the head of a dire beast? Um, how fresh is it? Well... It's been frozen since I caught it off, so... Um... 
300 gold. I think 300 gold. 300? I'm not giving it away for less than six. She flexes her cracked, bloody knuckles and stares. Um, what about 350? The woman slams a dagger into the counter. I have traveled across snow and hate and risked my life for this head. And you think it is worth 350? It's... Is that a Ruthless Ruby book? Oh, wow. I, I wrote her town is an odd combination. Her Just tone keep speaking. is an odd combination. I'm in. Huh? Keep speaking. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> her tone is an odd combination of exasperation, embarrassment, and humor. Did they get the smile right? She cracks a grin, showing crooked teeth and showing crooked and missing teeth. Are... Are you the Ruthless Ruby? I, I, yeah, hard to recognize me with three months of trail under my belt. I am your biggest fan. Is everything in the book true? Do you really only wear a chainmail bikini into battle? Have you actually stared down nightmare monsters? Well, the thing is, armor slows you down, so I wear clothes into battle? And... When you hunt monsters, usually it's a good idea to maintain eye contact with the monster you're hunting. So, yes? Anyway, so we're saying 600 for the head? <laughs> yeah, of course. Anything. Um, If you need anything else, please come back. Oh, sh- sure, dear. She smiles and turns. I'll be needing supplies, so I'll be seeing you. Throughout the week, weeks, sorry, Brysaw Ruby becomes something closer to the Ruby of fiction. Her clothes and saddles were replaced with the... Don't just stop! What are you doing? Sorry, her clothes... Sorry, I wrote this on my cell phone. Her clothes and saddles... Her clothes and saddle were replaced and restored to their original fiery brightness. She herself walked around town a celebrity. Not the character from the book, but a seasoned adventurer, sharing stories of danger and adventure. Meanwhile, Bri, Bri, meanwhile, found her arrows and potions, repaired her shield, found food and lodging for for her horse, and fell in love with who Ruby really was. Oh, okay. That that's the end of the <laughs> second section. Just when you stop, it's like I'm in the story, and it's just like it's like listening to a book on tape and just having someone pause it. It's like, what are you doing? No, keep going. I wrote this on my cell phone, so I was reading a sentence, and there was, like, five nines <laughs> in the middle of it. Like, like that sentence where it's, like, her clothes and saddles were replaced, and then it was just nine, 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 and I'm like, what? What did I write? Nine, 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 clothes. Oh, jeez, that's fun. That's fun. Now, um, I like where this is going. You could, As you can see, with the big smile on my face, I really enjoyed the hell out of this episode. Well, I'm glad. Yeah, you should be. Because be, like, hanging out with me is a treasure. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, this is my last part. Part three. The Truth Revealed. Rebecca Mackey, Tim Chernoff, and Lisa Prisa all met at the Big Rock. Lisa brought a small snatchel of food with her. Rebecca brought a flashlight, and Tim brought a big stick, a slingshot, and a satchel of rocks. 
Lisa and Rebecca looked at him and laughed. What? You got to be prepared, said Tim, blushing a little in the darkness. The moon was out, and you could see the tentacles moving slowly against the sky. The kid's path was lit for now, but inside the forest would be pitch black. You two aren't scared at all, said Tim, his voice starting to shake. I am a little, but I think there is a high chance of Re that Rebecca could be right, said Lisa. Yeah, there is nothing to be scared of when I am here. I will protect you both, said Rebecca proudly. She then wrapped her arms around them and gave them a big bear hug. Come on, guys. It's going to be an adventure. Ugh, I can't believe you dragged me along on this insane trip. But let's just get on with it, said Tim quietly. Let's go, yelled Rebecca. Shh, do you want to get caught, said Lisa. They all giggled quietly and walked towards the forest. The forest was dark and treacherous. Heavy brush and low-hanging branches obstructed their path. They struggled to get around in deeper into the forest. They didn't take the already beaten path used by the adults for they feared night travelers would come across them and take them back to their parents. If their parents found out they were out past curfew, they would be in deep trouble. They continued for a little while before Tim stopped dead in his tracks in the middle of a thick brush. Okay, okay, we haven't seen anything. Can we go back already? said Tim anxiously. Come on, chicken boy. We've only been in here for 15 minutes. You can't be giving up already, said Rebecca annoyed. Well, I am. I admit it. I am a chicken, okay? There are probably tons of monsters just waiting to get a hold of us, said Tim. You are way too uptight, said Lisa. Rebecca was shining the light flashlight between them as each of them talked. Can you get that light out of my face, snapped Tim. You are no fun, snapped Rebecca. Just shut it off. What if someone or something sees it? We are like sitting ducks, snapped Tim. Just relax. You are making me nervous, said Elisa. But really, could you turn that off? Fine, said Rebecca angrily. As she turned off the light, they all heard a very, very loud howl. The forest began to stir with an assortment of inhuman sounds that arose from the silence. The nesting birds and bats flew from their perches. Werewolf! screamed Tim. Shut up! snapped Rebecca. They were all scared now. Rebecca was actually shaking. It was... it was probably just a regular wolf, she said, trying to hide her fear. Look, you were wrong. This was a bad idea. I want to go home now, said Tim, tears welling up in his eyes. Yeah, call me a chicken, but I just want to get out of here. Yeah, you can call me a chicken, but I just want to get out of here. Yeah, said Lisa barely above a whisper. Let's just turn around and go. As she finished her sentence, they heard a growl from behind them, followed by heavy rustling. That's it! I'm out! Tim screamed, and he ran the opposite direction from the growling, dropping his stick and slingshot. Wait for us! yelled Rebecca. She ran after Tim, dragging Lisa closely behind her by the hand. They ran as fast and as far as they could until finally they broke into a clearing filled with moonlight. They could now see each other clearly, but that was the only good thing about their situation. They were completely lost in the forest now and had no clue how to get back to their homes. Hands on their knees and breathing heavily, the three kids huddled together. Where are we? asked Lisa, frightened. She was frantically looking around the clearing, trying to get her bearings. I, I don't know. I, I was just following Tim, answered Rebecca, now frightened of her surroundings. Is, 
Is, is it is it gone? Said Tim, panting. I don't know, said Rebecca, fear dripping into her voice. That's when they heard loud, heavy steps coming from behind them. Whatever it was remained hidden by the thick, dark forest. The steps continued, sounding as if the creature was circling them. They heard a low, powerful voice cut through the for- the quiet of the forest. I am the darkness that owns the night. I am the terror that lives inside the hearts of man. Little ones, tell me why you have entered my domain, the voice rumbled. We, w- we wanted to prove once and for all that there are no monsters. You are just Elder Richards in a scary costume, Rebecca said, trying to sound brave. She tried to stand tall, but her body was shaking with fear. You are a clever one indeed, little one. I have been watching you for a while. Brave and rebellious you are. All the better you shall taste. The footsteps grew closer still, and then stopped, voice still hidden by the darkness. From the darkness came a low gravelly exhale that sounded almost like a growl. Just show yourself already! You aren't going to scare us anymore! Called Rebecca. She stood tall with her arms outstretched as if to shield the others from the voice. Brave indeed, little one. But are you ready to accept the consequences for your actions? The voice said after a long silence. The very words shook the three children to their cores and then crack! Out of the darkness swung a large clawed paw covered in hair. It easily split the trees and brush in front of it. Rebecca dove to the ground to avoid it, but Tim let out an ear-piercing scream and fell backwards. Three long gashes streaked across his chest, slowly filling with blood. Tim's blood pulled around him, and his breathing began to slow. Lisa rushed to his side, eyes filled with tears, screaming unintelligibly. No! Rebecca screamed. You can't be real! This is all some trick! I was right! I, I had to be right! So, little one. You need more proof, growled the voice. Slowly from the darkness emerged a large black creature. He was hunched over on all fours, revealing the body of a wolf with the mane of porcupine-like quills and the long scaly tail of a snake. His front claws were stained stained red with Tim's blood. His hollow eyes reflected the white of the moon and stared through Rebecca's soul. Time froze for Rebecca and her ears were filled with Lisa's panicked screams. Rebecca, please, please, we need to go run. We need to run. Tim is dead. He is not breathing. Please, Rebecca, I don't want to be here anymore. The beast continued to stare at Rebecca. His lips then pulled back into a smile, revealing jagged, broken broken glass-like teeth. Your kind warned you about us. They told you to be good, the beast said calmly. They told you to follow the rules, or you would just become food for us. But you did not listen. You did anything you wanted to. Now look at where you are, little one. This is our domain. Let this be your last warning, little one. The beast's eyes shifted to Lisa, and he lurched forward, clamping his wide jaw around her waist and torso with a sickening crack. She let out a gut-wrenching scream that broke Rebecca's spirit. Rebecca fell to her knees and began to cry uncontrollably as the beast slowly dragged Lisa off into the darkness. Goodbye, little one. His voice came again after he disappeared behind the trees. Rebecca's legs moved on their own accord. 
They had no direction, no guidance, only one goal. That was to get as far away from the beast as possible. She ran as fast as she could till she could run no longer. Then everything faded to black. Miss Mackey ended her story with silence and straightened up in her seat to finish talking. I had run and run until I passed out deep in the forest. When I came to, I was back in my home. The elders said that a caravan had found me deep in the forest. I told them everything, and despite doing everything wrong and getting my two best friends killed, they did not punish me, as they said that what I had been through was punishment enough. They told me that what I saw was the Night Beast, one of those eldritch monsters that leaks works deep within the forest. The elders never tell the true story of the disappearing kids for the sake of the parents. They want to spare them from the gory details. But the monsters do exist, and they do find those who disobey especially tasty. So please be good. Listen to your parents and the elders. Keep your clothes clean and your language pure. Do all of this and the monsters won't bother you. Punishments and rules only exist to protect you. Yes, they all seem harsh, but protect yourself. If any other child tries to get you to do bad things, shun them. It is better to avoid the bad than it is to become the bad. I was the bad kid. I never listened to my parents, and I did everything I could to rebel. If only Lisa and Tim didn't listen to me. All that got them was killed. I will regret that for the rest of my life, and that is why I teach. Why I guide you kids down a good path. No one else needs to end up like Tim or Lisa. She paused and then said, I am sorry if I scared you, but please heed my words. Yes, Miss Mackey. I am sorry for your friends. I will be a good kid and watch out for other bad apples. Goodbye, Miss Mackey. Goodbye, Danny. Always beware the Eldritch Beast. And that's the end of my story. The Night Beast. I liked it. I thought that was ah. like nicely framed. Ah. Ah. That I <laughs> hope that turned out as good as I wanted it to, like recording wise. Because yeah, no, I was really trying. No, I, I, uh, it sounded good. Um, I liked the way you did the voices and everything. The only problem was I had trouble understanding you when you were the monster. Yeah, but I, I thought had, it'll like, sound fine on because your mic. I noticed because I practice recording this a week ago and i noticed that i was like like really quiet when i was the monster so that's why i leaned into the microphone yeah no but the 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 tone was good though it, it like felt scary you know like the kind of like not like blood curdling gross the yeah, kind of like yeah, i was going slow, for that creepy, slow like scary. so i like oh, that. Crap, that was good scary rather than like a yeah i'm an evil monster it's more of this like you shall be afraid yeah <laughs> But yeah, no, I I was really proud with what <laughs> I did with that. Anyways, I want to hear the end of yours. Okay. The day finally came for Ruby to find her next adventure. She walked into Bry's shop to say goodbye to the funny little shopkeeper that had become her friend. Well, I- I'm leaving. Are-, are you sure? You have everything. I got a new shipment of arrows that catch fire and poison, and after you shirt them, they return back to your quiver. Also, there's this new whetstone for your... Bri, I'm an adventurer. This is what I do. I have to leave. So thanks for everything and for helping me. I am... I hope I can come back. That That's all. I, I feel like I'm slowing down. But this is what's in my character. I dive through dungeons. Ruby, you can, well... You can draw a crowd. 
so you could work here, you know, signing paintings. You're, you're famous. Yeah, I could. And you could come into dungeons with me. Bry closed his mouth in fear. Bry closed his mouth. Dang it, I even added a comma to this sentence because it was awkward. Bry closed his mouth. Comma. Fear in his eye. He'd read about leaving his shop, but he was never going to do it. That's what I thought, Bry. I will see you, I hope. She turned and left for Aww. weeks. Cody, don't make months. me sad at the end of the night. Bry was ter- <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't make you sad. Really? Yeah. You just I, killed I, I children, had, like, and I'm going to make you sad? <laughs> no, it's a ray of sunshine, Jordan. Don't make me sad. Bry was terrified. Bry was terrified for his friend. He asked around for what she was hunting and where she was going. Eventually, Bry learned that she had gone to hunt the Archomancer. This was the worst news. The Archomancer, the Archomancer, which is a funnier word to type than it is to say, was the worst thing he could imagine. He is the most powerful thing that he could, that she could have gone to fight. But Bry could not wait at home. He packed up his entire shop. All the potions, swords, axes, speared, staffs, magical trinkets that he had collected over a full career of owning a shop. We see a, a montage of a very scared and shivering Bry camping and riding alone through the winter. We also see Bry fending off beasts with various magical items. As the journey progresses, we see... Um, Sorry, as the journey progresses, we see Bry grow more hard and scarred. By the time he reaches the keep of the Archomancer, Bry is a new man. He is wearing an eye patch and most of his items are gone. He carries a large shield, an axe, and a few potions. His clothes are patched rags. Bry, cr Bry creeps through the tower, not making a sound, silently killing beasts only when needed. He eventually finds a cell, dark and miserable, smelling of death. He wrenches the cage open and finds only bones. Bry lets out a barbarian screech. Gone is the stealth and careful finesse of the rescue mission. He became a hurricane, slaying really monsters, quick. routing the tower. I really like how this His turned rage into barbarian huh? versus mancer world. Like, I, I really love how you took my idea and yeah, made it your own was... world. Good job, Cody. This was supposed to be about my world. Thank you. You narcissist. <laughs> that was an accident. I did not mean to do that. I think you just found out that there is a type of thing that what, I enjoy. yourself? In your own crazy stories? You don't like writing stuff in my world because you're a narcissist? <sighs> no, Jordan. The problem is I like Conan the Barbarian. Okay? So his girlfriend okay, anyways, dies and then he murders continue. everything. That's the story. His rage carries him to the top of the tower. There stands the Archomancer, evil in his eyes. Bry barely made it two steps before a trapdoor opens beneath his feet and he falls. He hits the ground and groans. Yeah, you shouldn't have rushed right at him. Yay. Bry looks up and sees Ruby, alive. Ruby, he jumps to his feet and hugs his friend. Ru Ruby, I thought you were a skeleton. <laughs> that sounds like something you would say. I thought you were a skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean... I'm malnourished, but not just bones yet. You look different. A month of trail does not look great on you. Oh, um, I kind of thought you would like 
tough, Bry. Oh, no, you smell like dead animals. Who wants to look like they live in a ditch? Also, Bry, I love you for coming to save me, but now we're both trapped down here and we're both going to die. And then they die together at the end. You love me? Bry, that is not what you should have taken from this conversation. We are trapped. Oh, no, no. We're fine. I make potions. Remember, drink this and hold your shield above your head. Bry and Ruby drink bottles with labels that say gravity reversal potion. They slam through the trap door. Both draw shields. Ruby holds her sword. Bry his axe. They begin to circle the Archomancer. They both know this dance will only last a few seconds. They both know... Dang it. They both know... You you ever write a sentence and then go back and read it and realize you've worded it really badly? That's why I read through my stories multiple times before I put them on air. Boo. They both know this dance will only last a few seconds, and victory will be decided quickly. Moments later, the Archomancer is headless. Ruby takes Bry's hand, smiling her crooked, broken smile. Bry, let's retire. That was my story. Super cute. Like that. That was a great <laughs> offset from the freaking like child death that I had. That was super cute. I loved it. It. I'm, I actually at that ending, well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm call a yellow it. card a little bit because you turned it into your own world. But I loved. Well, every little I bit. really did. You could have just to. not called him a mancer, and it would have been fine. Well, but the thing is, when I name something, I really enjoy the, the like, I like the kind of, like, dorky combination of D&D yeah. names, you know, where they're like, this is a I mean, dire in the world dragon. that you just did, like, there's a city called Merlantis. It's fine. Mermaid Atlantis. Merlantis. Yeah. Like, I get you. I get you. Wait, did I name a city? No, I, I named yeah, a city Yeah, that's what Merlantis. I'm saying. I, in that world, I named the city Berlantis. Like, so I get oh. you. I understand okay, yeah. the naming <laughs> convention. Yeah. I literally, for my monster, I was like, huh, what's Jordan, scary? I enjoyed- Darkness, night, the night beast, a beast, a beast of night. There we go. <laughs> 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 no, oh. this was a super fun episode. I, oh my God, I love, I love stories. <laughs> That's like half the reason I, I, I do, do this too. podcast is so we can tell stories. <laughs> so uh, what other worlds were you thinking about doing? I'm curious. Okay, the, I was thinking I definitely wanted to do the breath. I wanted see, I think we should do a collaboration and do the radio drama world that you did, because I think doing a full episode dedicated to that would be really fun. That would require yeah, a lot of work. So that's like yeah, a summer be. project. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. What was it? We'd have to, like, write a script and have characters I mean, I wrote a story in that characters. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think I we mean, could, yeah, I think it would be a lot easier than you think. We are both really creative. Um, so was that the Monster World? Um, there was another one that was, like, really good. I wanted to do, I wanted to do the Mancer World, which is ironic, but I also, like, think that would be a good one-shot idea to do on air. Barbarians think, and Mancers, that would be... I'm trying to remember the Mancer world. I kind of did a story in the Mancer world at the end, no, didn't I? your like, whole story... You're, well, kind of, because your whole story was the history of, like, how the Barbarian, like, fought the Mancer type thing. Oh, yeah, right, 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 yeah. Norgoth, or whatever, Look Down was your whole thing. 
Yeah, right, right. Yeah, but right. um, gosh, there was there was also another one. Um, I'll have to think about. It. I can't remember. We have so many worlds. But yeah, it's just it, if this was fun. Um, Cody, you never um wrote a prompt for number fourteen, so that's gonna be a throwaway this week because there's nothing in that slot. Thank you for not doing your job. I I will do that. I promise. Uh, anyways. Of course, as always, I rolled initiative with a low number eight, so I get to roll for the world. Oh, wait, no, I know what number 14 is going to be, so you can think of another one, but. What's number It's going to be a very be? Disney world. So, like, uh, oh, because I was I love talking that. to um, Mel yesterday, we were like, well, actually, today, about just the Disney tropes, about how all the Disney princesses have so, some sort of familiar type, like a animal that is their animal pal and i call that their familiar because that's basically what yeah, it is we should do that one with mandy yeah. oh yeah i would love to do that yeah of course that's with like mandy mandy of guest star of course we should do that with mandy holy crap that'd be perfect okay anyways yeah my wife yeah no that, that would be perfect that's, that's why that um is. and i also want like I've, we'll talk about it off air anyways rolling for this and it is yikes <laughs> Yikesy Lou. I don't like that at all. And I almost rolled write another story, but I did not. But um if you rolled write another story, we were gonna we were gonna pretend like, like you did we not did last time because we need a break. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We cheated one time because it was I, way I too soon. I think I left that on air, so it's fine. Um this is an original setting for a Shakespeare or common play slash movie. Oh, I love that. So, like, oh my gosh. I yes. have seen so many of the original ideas for a Shakespeare play. Like the um we saw the Tempest, but it was done like Italian mafia style. Um yeah, yeah. Like, just like a Romeo and Juliet. And, like, I just figured out what don't mine do is. Romeo and Juliet because that's been done. St- oh, come on, but I wanna do Romeo. It's the yes, easiest one. To that's why it's been done eight hundred times. Okay, fine. I, I basically already did Macbeth, but I'm you know, I'll do a different one. <laughs> oh, did you already do Macbeth? Yeah, but, okay, mm. you know, it's, it's gonna be fine. So Shakespeare or like a common play. So you can do a common. Yeah, if you wanted to do Death Not... of a Salesman, don't do Death of a Salesman. That would be weird. Nosferatu. If you wanted to do, I don't. Nosferatu huh? would be a good one to do. The vampire. Nosferatu. I thought it was a also movie? a play. I'm pretty sure it's is a play. Is it? Jordan, I don't think Nosferatu is a play. Huh. It seems like it is a play. What? No, Wait, it no, doesn't. No, 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 I might be wrong. Dang it. I thought it was a play. There has to be. There's a one act called Nosferatu, or Dracula, the death Fine. of Nosferatu. Play. Done. Also... No, quick, we're not. Do, we do this every seen... episode. We're not doing this. Anyways, the next episode. No, no, no. Ep- no you, you need to listen nope, to me. The next episode Jordan. is going to be write a story on a common play or Shakespeare play. We're not. Do- we do this every episode. I know, but this every is actually a funny episode. anecdote. What? Jordan, listen to oh, my funny my. anecdote. Have you ever actually watched the original vampire movie Nosferatu? No, I have not, Cody. It's a silent movie. It is hilarious. I've, I, it is yeah, not I've seen scary. clips from this. I've actually seen clips from it. 
there is a part where Nosferatu is running around carrying his coffin, trying to find some place to put it. But it's a silent movie, and it's just an old guy carrying a giant box through totally. scenery. So it's just like a like a wide camera angle, and then Nosferatu just <laughs> runs in with what looks like a canoe on his back, oh, and then it's like Nosferatu is trying to hide from the sun. And I'm like, this is the funniest thing I have ever seen. It's just like this old Dracula man, like, oh no, the sun's coming up. We gotta find a oh, place to put Cody, my boat. We're done. You do this every episode. We're, at the end of the episode, Jordan, you bring up a, funny a new story that we have to talk about. We're done. Anyways. Hey, everybody. Thank you, you can, for you listening can check to this Cody episode out of at World the Wandering, we could, You can check us both out at the... I'm so frustrated right now. Check us both out at the Wandering Gamer Network, where you can find Cody's other podcasts, like Voyage of Vagabonds, Crystal Heart, and he's starting a new um, campaign. Sorry. Yeah, I'm start. I I I'm working on a game that's based on sa- not on Savage Worlds on, uh, it's powered by the Apocalypse and it is called Outlaws yeah, Wanted now because on the that. title changed. Yeah, yeah, oh. you totally can. It'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we've already made characters. I'm still writing rules. It's gonna be great. You can also um check out our eventual episode that we're going to do with the podcast rumor flies coming up soon and you can check me out at something i guess zero zero where i usually stream on sundays from six to eight so so yeah that is this episode thank you cody for ruining it yet again and we'll see y'all i love you we'll see y'all next week don't smile at me bye bye we're fighting cody (laughs) say bye Sign out. Oh, sorry. Bye. 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 I'm signing out. Here's Cody signing out. Bye. I'm signed out now. I've just decided to sign out because Jordan told me to over and out. I've signed out now.